Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. We're here to answer your questions. Or wait, are we going to question their answers? Both. I brought right. 14 answers with me, Josh. And one microphone. Yep. So uh, I know we have, we'll have time for at least four. I can promise you that, and then we'll see where we go from there. By the way, y'all, let's, report, we're, let's, let's record a podcast. Oh, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Lynn Williams. I tend not to drink anything on stage, but um, two nights ago was the first show. Uh, we were in D.C., first show I've ever had to cancel. Uh, we actually didn't cancel the show. Ryan went on solo. Um, I've had the this most crazy virus. I was stuck in a bed with an IV in my arm while he was on stage. That would have been really interesting had I been on stage with an IV. It would have been uh, quite the performance piece. That's like, like some David Lynch stuff, man. <laughs> we did live in Missoula for a while. Missoula is the most David Lynch shit I've ever seen. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Anyway, um, we, we have some answers for you tonight. Oh, by the way, uh, welcome to the Minimalist Podcast. We discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and we are the Minimalists live in Tampa. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that was you awesome, y'all. So much for being here. It's, it's, it's a special night for us because this is really where minimalism started in our lives, personally, what was in the Tampa Bay area. I mean, earlier when I was telling a little bit about my story and um, my mother had moved down here, um, she moved to St. Pete Beach and actually ended up in um, St. Petersburg, like the downtown area. And um, man, I, I, I spent like most of that year, 2008, 2009. And it was right before maps were really popular, like on your phone. And so you had to like print out directions from MapQuest. <laughs> and it's amazing, you actually learn a city that way, right? Like, and, and now with your phone, like I'll go to any other city and I, I just, just do what the stupid machine in my pocket tells me to do. But I actually learned the city and I fell in love with, with St. Petersburg in particular uh, because there was just so much culture per capita there. And uh, just, just love this area in general. And uh, so, yeah, thank you. <laughs> in fact, we, uh, we are, our very first tour stop was, was in St. Petersburg. Uh, six years ago this month, and uh, this week actually, and um, six people showed up, and um, now we can fit nearly a thousand people in the theater, and we're grateful for the first, are any of those first six here tonight? There we go. Are, are you lying, or is that for real? Okay. Um, no, it's, it's, it's really great to, to see the message continue to grow, and Ryan and I are grateful that we get an opportunity to be the messengers. Howdy, what is your name, and where are you from? I'm Sasha from Newport Ritchie. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for coming out. North. 
Um, so my question, well, first I want to say thank you. You guys have added immense value to my life. I discovered you about a year ago, and I will never be the same. Um, and I have shed about 70 to 80 percent of all the possessions in the home that I live in. I have four very heavy items left. I have four mortgages. <laughs> Wait, on one house? Um, four houses. Oh, okay. Well, yes. someone laughed at that, but that, that's kind of our culture now. I, I understand yes. why that would be funny. Um, <laughs> but, like, we'll refinance the double refinance and, uh, because someone tells it's, us it's a good idea. And then we end up be, uh, driving, uh, well, riding in the passenger seat of our own lives, right? Because someone else has told us this is the direction we're supposed to go. Oh, it'd be a really smart idea for you to do this right now. And sometimes that is the case. But okay, so you have four, you have four mortgages on four homes. Yes, in different states. Minimalist. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I'm asking you this question because I know my husband will be listening to the podcast later. Um. <laughs> Hello, husband. <laughs> so the home that we agreed that we need to get rid of first, we are a little bit upside down in, and I think that we should be paying more on it now. He thinks that we should be putting the money in the bank and waiting to see what kind of stuff we need to do but right before we sell it. Yeah, I, I can understand both approaches. Um, I, um, the honest, the, the, my honest answer is you're right, but, and that's not just because you're in front of me, but, but I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. Um, that's good enough. But, <laughs> uh, it, well, okay, I'll tell you why you're right, but then I have some questions for you. You're right because you wouldn't do the opposite, right? You wouldn't, right. You wouldn't take out a, a second mortgage on that house to put more money in the bank, but that's mm -hmm. effectively what you're doing at this point by, by putting more money in the bank to not pay off the, the, the mortgage on, on that house, that right. you're basically doing the same thing. And when you just flip the equation around, I find when, when I look at anything that, that's financial in my life, would I, uh, would I do the opposite thing? Um, it, we, we were, I was just talking about it, we, we, were, just we were walking past last night, we were in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and I walked past a mattress financing store that had 72 months financing on your mattress. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it's a mattress. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm just thinking about that for a moment. Like, like let's say I, need, I couldn't afford a mattress. Well, well, then I would just find a way to afford the cheapest possible mattress. I slept on a futon for 18 years. I could figure it out for you know, the next 18 months or whatever it was. Um, and and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't finance that thing. And some people are like, well, I'll just pay it off in time. And it's like, yeah, but, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make good financial sense because there's a whole lot of other costs other than just the money. Um, and so, no, you wouldn't do the opposite. But let me ask you this, what, what other debts do you have? So we have just paid off everything except for the mortgages. Congratulations, how awesome yeah. is that? That is awesome, yeah, congrats. <laughs> and, all four, and all four houses have mortgages? They all have mortgages. Some of them we have equity in, but they all have a little nuance that we can't sell them right away. Okay. To like pay for the other one. Uh-huh, okay. So, so uh, because that's in, in the contract or it's a nuance between you and your husband? Um, no. <laughs> so, so one of them I'm living in, I'm waiting for him to get orders in the spring, so I don't want to like move out of that right away. Sure. One of them we found out doesn't actually have a septic tank, so we're dealing with that. Okay. 
And then one I may keep because I only have um, 12 years left on the mortgage okay. to um, have for rental income in retirement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so. I, I don't think the house that we live in is a, an investment property. I, I, I don't. I never. I never think of the house that you live in as an investment property. But I think additional houses, if you want to, you know, diversify your your investments, um, they can be. If you're willing to be a landlord, which sounds awful to me, but. <laughs> I, I'm one starting of my, to feel that way too. <laughs> well, there you have the answer. You should probably sell that house. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I think I've gone through all my my little answers for you here. But yeah. man, I, I there's no possible way I would have four mortgages. Um, you got to work really hard. I mean, Johnny Depp has four mortgages, <laughs> uh, and he's not exactly in the best situation either. Actually, he has he has 14, but that's. Um, in 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 a, in a sane world, he actually has enough money to have 14 houses um, because he could have paid for all of them with plenty of cash. Um, but he even he can't afford them. And so if you can't if you don't if you're not able to devise a plan to pay all of these houses off within seven years, my my statement to you is you you probably can't afford them. Thank you. Well, you gave all your answers and also all of my answers. Um, <laughs> No, I, Ta-da. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just uh, talk about my experience real quick with, with uh, my property that I had to sell a couple years ago. So um, when I first sat with Josh and we, he was telling me about this thing called minimalism and we were talking about like, okay, how, how, is this, how is this really applicable to my life? And I started realizing, oh, like this is common sense stuff. This, oh yeah, if I don't have a huge mortgage hanging over my head, and I'm not buying a new car every couple months, maybe I could reclaim some of my time and not work those, those crazy long work weeks. And I remember I got rid of my car, um, paid off a lot of my credit card debt, but like my house was kind of like my last thing that I had, last big thing um, that, that I had left hanging over my head. Uh, I ended up renting it out because I couldn't sell it because I was so upside down on it. Like... Like it was something like twenty six thousand dollars upside down. I mean, it was something crazy. And I found someone to rent it, where what they paid in rent, it, it almost made the whole payment. It was like thirty bucks or forty bucks shy. So I was not only was I a landlord, but then I'm paying forty bucks extra a month. So this very nice person can live in this house. And then um, if a water heater goes out, right? And then if a water heater the goes fridge, out, yeah. <laughs> Which did happen, yeah. and I had to get a new fridge. Um, so th- there was a, there was a couple years of of me being a landlord, and I was trying to sell the house. Um, I, I would you know still uh, I still had it on the market, um, and and she agreed you know to let me do that while she lived there, and uh, just never really had um, any, any interest that I wasn't going to end up paying twenty something thousand bucks. So uh, a couple, fast forward a couple years, I finally did get an offer that the house went up a little bit in value and I got an offer and it was only $11,000 short of, of where, uh, what would have made up that delta for the mortgage. And I, 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 had, I had been saving and saving and saving and saving as much as I could and I, and I did have this delta that I could make up for it. And I, I asked myself, like when I got this offer, I'm like, okay, what would I do like if I, and, and I do, if I had $11,000, would I pay $11,000 to not be a stinking landlord anymore? And the answer, like when I looked at myself in the mirror, I'm like, 
I would, yes, like I would 100% give away 10 grand to like not have to deal with this, with being a landlord. I called Josh, talked to him about it. I talked to a lot of people and I eventually like bit the bullet and it was like the, the most like adult experience I remember having. <laughs> like right, transferring that money, I was just like, what? Like just questioning what happened over the last few years. I'm like, I have no idea what just happened, but I'm just glad it's over. Um, <laughs> Take my money. Yeah, take my money and run. That's kind of what a, I mean, that's what debt is because, you know, you're not even paying on the principal if you, my, my guess is all of your, your mortgages are 30 year fixed rate mortgages, right? Except for one. Except for one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Getting smarter. It's, I mean, it's just, it's, a, it's an insane premise, right? Like you're going to know what you're going to do th- be doing 30 years from now. I don't know what I'm going to be doing 30 hours from now. Um, and, and, and yet we, we will just take this on. Um, well, you know, it's in this in in the Western world, we we have so much freedom, which is great. Uh, an eighteen-year-old kid can like you know sign up, go to war, or he can sign up for a six-figure uh, tuition, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a six-figure degree that um, they're going to have to pay when they get out of school. Um, they will allow people to buy four houses on thirty-year mortgages. Um, I'm totally ripping this off from Spider-Man, but with that freedom comes great responsibility. <laughs> because we have so much rope to hang ourselves with. And, and, and that is how our economy works. So um, I guess to anyone out there who maybe is contemplating any decision like this, like really, really be honest with yourself because the, the, the bank doesn't really care if you can pay for it or not. Like they just want your signature on there. So um, this is something that that yeah anyone buying a house has really really got to ask i do agree with josh like it, it is a total i have a friend who is a a very he's set for retirement for sure with investment properties i would never want to live his landlord life but but yes it's a very good investment and that's great um but uh but yeah we got to be careful when we make when we bring those huge loans into our lives for sure thank you thank you thank you very much Hi. Hi. What's your name? Anna. Hey, Anna. Where are you from? Uh, Port Charlotte, Florida, which is like two hours south. <laughs> yeah, Port Charlotte. Um, my question is, I'm turning 21 next month, and as a... Thank you. Happy Congrats. birthday. <laughs> um, Congratulations. You lived another year. <laughs> as like I'm evolving and taking on new roles or learning things that I want to adjust so I have a more valuable life, um, I'm learning that I don't have the support of others around me, and I'm not sure that's really even that important to me, but I also am. It also does bother me, but it also at the same time doesn't bother me. Could you speak on when you made a shift in your life and how your community responded or how you learned to respond to the response? Certainly. Uh, it's, a, it's an important question, especially at, at your age, because uh, it's, it's quite the sort of transitional age. and. And so I would first try to identify what the role of these people are. Um, when you say you don't have their support, are these family members? Are they close friends? And then are they going to, and if they are close friends, are they going to be close friends five years from now? What are your thoughts on that? I don't live with my parents anymore, so that was a big, like, unconditional love support that I don't have directly in the other room. Um, And I don't know if my friends are going to be my friends in five years from now because we're all the same age, and I'm learning that, like, sometimes you just grow apart from each other and stuff like that. 
Yeah, you sure do. I, I mean, uh, and it will continue to happen. And it doesn't mean that it's bad that they're your friends right now either. You know, there, there's an old saying, for a reason, for a season, right? And it's okay that these people are sharing this season of your life with you. Are you in college right now? or Yes. Okay. So, so you're in this, this college season, which is a, a very time-specific uh, season, right? For most people, it tends to be roughly 18 to 22, and then you move on to a new season, unless that's grad school, then maybe you can lump that in as well. But even then, it tends to, to become appreciably different because uh, a lot of friends move on or you move on to a different school or, or, or whatever. And so, uh, where you are right now it is, is going to be so radically different from where you are five years from now that a lot of those people might still be in your life, they're, but they're going to play different roles in your life. So, I think there are three types of relationships relationships in our lives. The first is your primary relationships. You can usually count those those people on one hand. You know, it's your closest family members, closest friends, uh, significant others, children. Yeah, th- those types of people are, are your primary relationships. You can usually count on one hand, two if you're Catholic. Uh, um, <laughs> And and, um, and, it, and then you have your secondary relationships. You have your your close friends uh, that you still really love and care care about, but they aren't necessarily you know, in that primary circle. And then we have the the periphery relationships. You know the, these people who are coworkers, uh, school buddies, uh, networking buddies. These types of people who um, we still like, and and they may not share the same values as us, but we enjoy their time. Their fun. They may, may even have same interests or desires as we do. Um, the problem and a lot of discontent with relationships tends to come when we're spending most of our time with those people in the periphery. And quite often we do that because those relationships tend to be birthed out of proximity or, or convenience. And so, oh, we go to the same school together. We work in the same you know, across cubicles from each other, or we work in the same retail store, um, or you know, we, we share the same class, whatever it may be, we, we, we have proximity with those people. Or we have convenience, meaning we have the same interests. And quite often those can, can even be negative interests, like, yeah, we enjoy getting drunk together. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that, that's fine, but when it takes over your life and, and you're no longer spending time with the people in the secondary or especially the primary tier of relationships, that's when we start feeling the discontent. And I noticed this in my life. It, uh, I'm really grateful you're asking this question at 20 instead of at 30 when I was asking this question. And I was realizing, like, yes, I had all these relationships, but the people who were my primary relationships, I forsook them the most because I said, ah, well, they will understand. Right? They'll understand what I'm, what, I'm, uh, what I'm going through. I'm working so hard. And uh, the truth is they do understand for a while until they feel like you've let them down repeatedly. And instead, I was spending all my time with these other people. who I was trying to impress them instead of uh, showing the people that I cared about that I actually did care about them. And so... I would have you look at those relationships as sort of three concentric circles and make a list of all the people in your life and then figure out where you place them. But then also realize that you may have to reprioritize that list from time to time, especially as you're going through this transitional time in your life. Yeah, I, uh, man, I did not have like that college experience and I can only imagine that, uh, like I hated high school. I'm sure college is a little bit better than that, but I'm, there's, I can only imagine all the social pressures that... Uh, 
yeah, that you come across. Uh, well, I'll tell you, uh, when you call yourselves the minimalists, you find out real quickly who your friends are. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when Josh and I launched the website, I mean, we didn't really tell anyone about it. Um, and people found it by, you know, I don't know how they found it. Someone must have been Googling, Googling our names or something and then eventually was like, oh, they have this minimalist website. And uh, yes, certain people didn't support us. Um, Can that you is imagine the case. Just, just us, like suit and tie, corporate guys walking in the work, and all of a sudden someone Googles us and they see this minimal, they're like, I, I thought I knew these guys. <laughs> um, and because and, it was like a, it seemed like such a radical shift from where we were, the hard charging corporate executive types. Like, I'm going to come in with my tie on and talk to you about your attachment rates and da da da. Like, yeah, it was definitely a shock. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And it was really disappointing when, like, some people who I really thought, like, oh man, they were totally going to, like, get on board with this or at least understand or at the very least support what I was trying to do. And, and when they didn't, I mean, I was, um, I don't, I don't know if I was shocked as much as just, you know, my feelings were very, very hurt. And I remember, um, having a lot of conversations with my friends, with my family. And, and, uh, I mean, like my mom, for example, who found the website called me, she, Hey Ryan, how's it going? Uh, going great mom. How are you? Hey, what's this minimalist crap? I was like, oh, you found the website. Um, yeah, you know, just, just found this new philosophy that I'm applying to my life and learning a lot of lessons, and, and I'm really enjoying telling stories about this. And uh, she was like, great, great, great. Well, can I still buy you gifts? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, mom, like, no, I'd rather you not buy me gifts. And she was like, well, I'm your mom, and I'm going to buy you gifts anyway. And uh, I guess, like, as my mother, she has the right to, to say that. Um, and I said, okay, that's fine, but I'm probably going to have to, you know, give some stuff away if I can't find a, a use for it or if I, if I can't bring it into my life and, and, and find a place for it. And that's the thing. It's like when you make a shift that you per- personally feels good for you and your loved ones are like, well, how does this affect our relationship? Right. You know? and like, Do they say that directly? Or, or? No, okay. no. It's it would always, just more so, be of... Decoding. So how does it manifest though? Um, well, for example, I chose to be a vegetarian recently and um, and um, it just seemed like everyone was, uh, not everyone, um, the people in my home were concerned with my protein intake and such. <laughs> so here's the thing. The reason why your family is concerned with you is because they love you. So with my mom, I was like, mom, mom, you love me, right? She's like, yeah, of course I love you. I'm like, you want me to be happy, right? She's like, yeah, of course I want you to be mm-hmm. happy. I'm like, well, if that's the case, then I just need your support. I don't need you to have a packing party. I don't need you, uh, you know, to, to stop buying stuff. And I'm certainly not going to come to your home and, and judge the things in your home. All I really need from you is, is support. Um, I promise you, like, this is something that is bettering my life. Correct. And once I could kind of get that through to her, I think that's really what shifted her attitude. Now, what I'll say is I didn't get her support, her full support right away. Because here's the thing, is that when I went and told, and told people like, oh yeah, I'm, I, I am becoming a minimalist and I'm really trying to change my life. And especially when I'm telling my, my drinking buddies who I would stay out to, you know, till three o'clock in the morning with and rack up $300 bar tabs or the dudes I was doing coke with, I'm like, I'm going to be a minimalist. They're like, yeah, sure you are, Ryan. <laughs> you sure are, aren't you? 
call me when you want to hang out again. <laughs> That's what they're thinking. And I'll tell you, like the, when I when I really started noticing um, people kind of uh, coming to support me who weren't initially supporting me, and just kind of coming full circle, it was because of the consistency. It was because they saw that oh, like Ryan is actually doing what he said he was going to do when it comes to living his life. He is bettering himself. And man, he does seem to be like a really, really happy person. Like he, he seems like he's really living a meaningful life. My, one of my family members, um, seven years we started this, literally last month uh, when I was in Ohio, it was the first time that family member ever said anything positive to me about, about what Josh and I do. And it took seven years of, of consistency before he was like, oh yes, like I actually get this. So with your friends, have that conversation. It's gonna be a tough conversation, but you've gotta be able to ask your friends for support. Because honestly, I'll, I'll tell you, the best way you can get support though is, is by supporting your friends. So if you're going out of your way to support people around you, they're not giving it back to you, then something has to change in that relationship. Doesn't mean you have to necessarily stop hanging out with that person, but that conversation definitely has to happen. If you're supporting someone but it doesn't align with your values and beliefs, that's also a problem. Something has to change in that relationship as well. So uh, I totally agree with Josh. Um, figure out um, who, who, who is in your life, kind of what tier they fall into, and start with that, that, that uh, primary circle and, and start with those people because those are the people who are really gonna help you get through all this. And once, like the vegetarian thing, for example, once they see that you are consistent and you're consistently healthy, like, then they're gonna have your back. Thank you. One last thing. You don't have to explain yourself to anyone. And, and yeah. I get it. We totally feel compelled to. I do all the time. I was on one of the social media networks earlier today. And um, it, oh my God, Ryan. Um, and, and this person, I, it seems like people will say the meanest shit and not mean anything mean. Um, so we were in Atlanta last night and I was like, I'm not feeling very good right now, but like I was feeling really bad last night in Atlanta, but we ended up give, somehow I, they propped me up and like, and, and, uh, it was like weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. He was just passed out. I was just like moving his mouth, <laughs> but like it ended up being a really great show and the podcast was great. And my talk was surprisingly great. Um, and, uh, and, uh, so like we were coming down here today and Jessica po posted something on our on our Instagram feed and and it said um, uh, uh, She said like hey, we're coming to Tampa. Thanks, you know, uh, there's still a few tickets at the door or whatever and uh, We're gonna give an in-depth talk about minimalism which y'all heard for 45 minutes earlier and uh, And then we're gonna record a live version of the minimalist podcast and this person's comment was wish you would have given an in-depth talk about minimalism last night in Atlanta and I'm, and I'm just like, what do you think the first 45 minutes was, an intro? Um, and it's like, like, I just see stuff like that and I'm like, I feel like instantly going in and trying to explain mm -hmm. to myself, to, to people, even now, like, and we get thousands and thousands of comments. And A, it'd be exhausting to, to respond to 10% of it, but, but it's also taxing in a different way because it's constantly keeping our guard up. And if we're constantly having to keep our guard up, then we can't be vulnerable with the people we love. 
All right, Ryan, what time is it? It is time for our hashtag Ask the Minimalists lightning round where we usually answer questions from social media, but that'd be weird if we were on our, on our phones. So what Josh and I typically do, you ask your question. Uh, we try to give pithy answers, 140 characters, although now Twitter raised it to 280, so we get a little bit of leeway now. Uh, we'll probably ramble a little bit because we don't have like a week to prepare for this answer. Um, but yeah, we call them minimal maxims. Uh, and Jessica live tweets from the whole event using the hashtag less is now you can share any of your favorite quotes or pictures from the night and she'll reshare a lot of those on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We're at the minimalists on all those platforms. She also catalogs all of our pithy answers over at minimalmaxims.com. So basically we'll give you a long answer and then we'll try and tie it up with something profound. Awesome. Howdy. What's your name? My name is Michael. And I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah, St. Pete in the house. Thanks for being here. What's your question, brother? Um, so as the people who live in St. Pete know, house prices are rising faster. I've lived there for five years now. Um, and me and my partner live in a 500 square foot one bedroom apartment. Um, I, being the minimalist, am like, when we walk into the, the one closet that we have that is filled with seasonal stuff and also a lot of memorabilia. I'm just trying to look for advice with how to navigate the waters of like having a discussion as far as how to address the memorabilia that has not been touched since I met him five years ago. Um, and also the things that we do use like um, Christmas lights and Christmas decorations, but in my mind it seems kind of like weird to have this huge section that we just take out for one month a year and then don't touch and lug around with us from space to space. Sure. So I just want some advice on that. How old is your partner? How old is he? Yeah, roughly. 37. Okay. Um, so it's taken him 37 years to get to where he is mm -hmm. right now, right? And so I wish there was a, a pithy answer that I could give you that was like the secret combination <laughs> To, to changing one particular behavior, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but the truth is that um, when, you've, when you've wound up to a particular point, it takes a while to, to sort of untangle the cord, so to speak. And so the, the question isn't like, how do, I, how do I fix this overnight? It's just like, uh, how, do I change, how do I help him maybe change directions, right? And, and I think the, the, the the basic answer has to do with the benefits of it. Right now, he doesn't see any reason why. Remember I was talking earlier uh, dur during the talk, that 45-minute intro. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, I can't, can you imagine doing a, f anyway. That's what, that's what all these rappers are doing these days, man. <laughs> um, I, 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 I think that what, uh, God, I lost my whole train of thought now. <laughs> Thanks, Instagram. <laughs> no, I, um, so, so I, I think that what he, he doesn't have a compelling why. And when I was talking about earlier, it was like, yeah, we all know how to, like, he, he knows how to go remove these trinkets. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there are some things that are going to be easier to part with than others. I was stupid because I started with some of the most difficult things that's possible to get rid of. It was like my mom's stuff, right? Mm -hmm. 
And so like, I always recommend avoiding anything that you have some sort of sentimental attachment to. And so what I would look at is what are the things that he has virtually no attachment to other than some sort of just mental attachment, the, the just in case stuff, right? And, and you start it with that and you don't show him the how to. He knows how to box that up and take it to the curb. We all know how to do that. That's why Ryan and I aren't writing about how to declutter your closet. That stuff's boring. What, what is compelling is the, the why to side of things. And so why? Now, we understand the why for you, right? Because you, I don't have enough space. And, and, and you, you started off in a very interesting way. Um, Talking about housing prices because you're you're already conceding like fuck we got to have a bigger house, <laughs> um, because of the Christmas decorations or whatever else is going on right. I got, um, there there are all of these the, these boxes of things that we've moved from one residence to the other, mm-hmm. and and you have you have you you have these things, but he doesn't have any compelling reason why to get rid of them. You have compelling reasons, and his reasons are necessarily going to be different because if he had the same reasons as you they'd already be gone and and so there's something pithy in there jess i'm sure you could edit that down to 140 characters at some point <laughs> you're still sticking you're not you're not going to concede to the 280 no 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 no. keeping it at 140 i'm a writer ryan <laughs> oh yeah those those are very tough conversations to have. Have you, I mean, have you tried starting this conversation or have you just kind of like yeah, been backing off? Yeah, I mean, off? like, he's gotten rid of a lot of things just from, like, self-inspiration, like me doing it and seeing how awesome. good it makes me feel. Um, but it's just, like, he loves the holidays. It's a big thing mm-hmm. for him and his family and culture. And then yeah. also he loves, like, the memories of, like, DJing equipment and stuff like that that has but hasn't brought out. And maybe, at least since I've known him for six years or so. So, so, you, so you have been making some ground, though. Yeah. There's okay. Been, it's just like this is the last frontier. <clears throat> so, okay. Well, this is what's, this is what's beautiful about... <laughs> this is what's beautiful about minimalism, is that there is no end game to it. Yeah. So once he finally decides to get rid of his, you know, DJ stuff and a couple other things, whatever it is that you're like... Just please get rid of that stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and he could finally see the benefits of like, yes, this is why I get rid of it. There's going to be other problems that come up, right? Mm-hmm. And there are other things that you're going to have to work out. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I, the, the pithy answer I would give you is that if you want to change anyone's mind, you have to support them as much as possible. And, and that is truly, and, and cut it off there, Jess. Uh, <laughs> that, is, that is truly... Uh, the only way to bring someone towards your side. And you've been doing that already. So really, man, like keep up the great work, keep showing those benefits. And to what Josh said, like help, help him see why it's so important that you can kind of stay in this house because yeah, prices are going up and maybe you don't want to get a 30 year mortgage. And what else can you do with that, that money you're going to save? (laughs) Show them the benefits and yeah. And the reasons why. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Howdy. Hi. What's your name? Joanne. Hey, Joanne. From Where Valrico. From? Where? Valrico, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's my daughter, who I guess drugged me here, however. She's been converting me for the past uh, 11 months. 
and slowly but surely I'm trying to minimize my life, but I have some questions that with the multi-generational household I live in, what advice do you have because I have my in-laws that live with us, me and my husband, and our two daughters. So there's a lot of different personalities and where I'm trying to minimize our part of the house, my in-laws are maximizing the true rooms that they have. And it's encroaching into our part of the house that pictures, memorabilia, and... Who's, whose house is this? Mine. Ours. Okay. Mine. Yeah, my, my husband. My pithy answer is, if it's your house, you make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, now, now you're not going to go home to your like, in-laws and lay out a list of rules for them. Seriously. But, but, but they do have to respect that it's you and your husband's home. And, 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 it, and it might take some, again, some really tough conversations to get them there. Exactly. But it is absolutely your, your house, and you do get to make the rules. Um, before Josh gives this pithy answer, I want to ask real quick. So this is great. Um, did your daughter, uh, you know, to get you to even, I don't know, watch the movie or read her book, whatever it was, did she come to you and she was like, Mom, I'm a minimalist. You should be a minimalist too. Like, how, how did that, I'm just curious, how did that conversation start? Because I know Pretty there are... Pretty much just like that. <laughs> Okay, so you have to watch this documentary. You have to do this. I'm okay, like, okay, cool. I sat down and watched it with her. That's awesome. So, um, you know what that shows me is that you're a very supportive mother. Thank you. Yeah. So you. keep that up. That's awesome. <laughs> so you heard that, folks. If you want to change someone's mind, just show them our documentary. You can find it on Netflix. It's also available at Vimeo.com. There are DVDs. For, I'm kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding, but. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I'll make one distinction. She didn't actually come to you and say, Mom, I need you to be a minimalist. She said, hey, I think she, she was essentially saying, I think you'll find value in this film. Absolutely. And, and um, because we care about people, we want to, to show them the things that, will add value to their, that we think will add value to their lives. Now, it doesn't always stick, obviously. You know, I was thinking, the term you used was multi-generational home, and, and that, that, certain, that poses a certain dynamic, right, because these generations are different. I was reading this article, uh, it may have been today, uh, and, or today or yesterday, uh, somewhere within the illness delusion, <laughs> and it, it was, uh, um, this guy was writing about, like, essentially, I, I'll, I'll make it a little hyperbolic, but not too hyperbolic. These damn kids today with their computers and they're lazy, they don't want to get out of the house and they don't want to get a job, right? I mean, it was like, the, you know, the stereotype, except it was written in 1993. <laughs> and when first I say that, you think, you think I'm talking about an article about millennials, right? But then there, you can go back to the 1820s and see similar articles uh, of people. And so what that tells me is that, yeah, there are different generations, but we are all the same. Uh, we've seen uh, pre-teens, pre-pubescent kids show up at our events and drag their parents with them. We've seen great-grandmothers drag generations of granddaughters with them. And we're all searching for a more meaningful life. Mm -hmm. And that man, that's my, my pith, oh, here's my pithy answer. Uh, we're all searching for a meaningful life and it's going to manifest differently with each of us. And, and so um, what your daughter was hoping to do was figure out a way that um, you could live a more meaningful life. Not that, well, here's a 
recipe to convert you into a minimalist, but here is a recipe, and I hope you get a few ingredients out of here that you can apply to your own life. And so maybe ask yourself and try to figure out together as a family, what are a few ingredients of simplifying that will add value to the lives of the other people in the house? Thank you. And I, I really just want to emphasize real quick, so I hate when I interrupt applause. I'm so sorry about that. Um, but I, I, just, I just want to emphasize that uh, the, best way, the best way to, uh, to get your in-laws to come full circle is to go way out of your way to support them. And I know I'm repeating myself from the last question, but this is so important with them because if you're going to ask them to support you, they have to feel supported themselves. And honestly, like if you go out of your way to do that, a lot of times people, all of a sudden they get this urge to, oh, wow, like so-and-so has really been going out of the way for me. What can I do for them to support them? So show that and I guarantee you, you will start to, you'll start to swing them around a little bit. I hope so. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We will do a bonus question in a moment, but first, we have an added value segment. And since we're local here, I mean, um, it, it would be, well, first off, let's give it up for Brother Cephas for opening up the show tonight. Yeah. And you know, I think um, our added value segment, we talk about something that has added value to our lives recently. And I, I can tell you that uh, Seth and Gabe, uh, they, they have such great music and I, I've enjoyed watching them over the last couple of years, really developed as, as, as these, these new artists. And, and since they're local, why not bring them back out on stage and have them perform a song live on, on the podcast? I can't dish out hugs right now because they don't want whatever I have, I promise. <clears throat> but uh, so we first met Seth because, well, um, we helped open a, a coffee shop over in St. Pete a couple years ago. Have you guys been there? So uh, it's called Bandit. And uh, with our friends Joshua and Sarah Weaver, and they're such a great team there, and, and Seth has been on, on the team, and um, Weaver's actually the one that told me about his music, and I went to go see him live, and then I just, I, I, I just started following their music, and they had this new project come out this year called Not That Important, and uh, it's a collection of six songs, and I can tell you, it's the, only, it's the only thing on my list of best albums of the year that doesn't have at least 10 songs on it. And so, man, I, I, I just fell in love with it. And it, I just kept playing it over and over and over. And I haven't told these guys this yet just because I wanted to wait to say it on the podcast so that uh, they, they knew that it was genuine. And I can tell you that it is truly one of my favorite projects of the year. So if you uh, want to check out some new great music, I would encourage you to check that out. And uh, today they are going to, they're going to play a song from that. Uh, it is, which, which song are you all playing? Oh, Gotta Have It, right? Yeah, they're going to play a song called Gotta Have It. I think it's the fourth, fourth track from, from the album, and it is really good. And speaking of Bandit, by the way, um, I know I can't hang out afterward and hug you all. Ryan will. Uh, we always do a hug line a a afterward, um, but um, believe me, you, 
don't want this. And, um, but I will be hanging out at Bandit later this week, so uh, if you want to stop in, and uh, I don't know exactly when I'll be there, but stop in, grab a cup of coffee, and if I'm there, please make sure you say hi. I, I owe you a, each of you a hug this week. I'll, I'll be here until, until Thanksgiving, probably. But ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Brother Cephas.
Thanks, Logan. Appreciate it. Thanks, Seth. Seth. Thanks, Gabe. Wherever JJ is, thank you too, brother. I'm so sorry I can't hug you, but you'll get one later at some point. It's in the mail. All right. So, um, man, we have, uh, uh, I know we're running out of time, but we have time for a bonus question. So I apologize to the other folks who are in line, but we, we, uh, we have one more question here. Howdy, what's your name? Um, my name is Nick. Uh, I'm in from the Fort Myers area. That's yeah. Funny. Fort Myers in the house. That's right. Three hours. Um, Thank so, you so much for making the drive, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan, and I'm a huge fan of minimalism. And I feel like I have done a very good job of, you know, scaling back. And I feel very proud of that. I think that the life that my girlfriend and I live now is very much more purposeful. And, but I still struggle with something, and I want to know if this is part of the minimalistic message. And that is, I find that I'm kind of consuming a ton of media, you know, like uh, lots of videos and, and just internet. And I wonder if there is a place in minimalism for like the decluttering of your mind, and whether that's a part of what you guys preach. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say not all media is created equal, right? And, and so when we, when we, but our body doesn't realize that, right? And so we react to stimuli the same way no matter whether it is this, uh, the, this book that someone spent 10 years writing, well, okay, that's going to grab my attention, or, you know, someone sent an incendiary, incendiary tweet, and so now all of a sudden that has my emotions crawling somewhere else. And so th these are types of media, they're types of communication, right? But they're so radically different. And, and so one is actually difficult, right? It's not passive. Um, it, it requires the active reading. And, and there are even some, there, there are some works of art that are passive that require active engagement, um, wh whether that is reading the, uh, you know, uh, an in-depth article about a particular topic that, that is you know, a true journalistic approach, or it is um, watching or, you know, a really, you know, we were making fun of David Lynch earlier, but um, some of his films, you know, require so much cerebration that, that you, uh, you're forced to, it is, it is, it's active engagement with with the art, and uh, same with going to like the Dali Museum. I feel like my my mind is is, is melting out of my head, um, and and because there is some sort of active engagement. Now you could go there and just sort of passively walk around, um, but you're not going to get the the sort of full experience out of that. And and so what I would say is, if you want the full experience out of the media, then it's really about curation, not about eliminating, right? And th that is, seems to be a metaphor for minimalism in general, right? It's not about living a life with nothing. We're not living in caves. We're not, about re we're not focused on removing ourselves from the world. That can be okay for a period of time. Ryan and I moved to a cabin in the middle of nowhere for a while just so that we could come back to the real world and, and say, okay, here are some lessons I've learned. So it may mean removing all media for a period of time and then very selectively bringing the ones back in, not that you're most intrigued by, but the ones that you know you will add the most value to your life.
Yeah, I, I would challenge you to do some stoical experiments like that. Uh, Josh and I, we were recording a podcast in Montana, and I was actually talking to him about the same thing. I'm like, dude, I watch so much news. Like, I, and it's crazy. Like, I just, I'm constantly vying for, like, the next breaking news. I mean, breaking actually used to mean something. Now it's, it's always breaking, right? Um, <clears throat> like, you just can't even take that word seriously anymore. But, but I was hooked, for sure. And as we were talking about it, I'm like, dude, I'm going to delete all my, all my apps, all the news apps I have on my phone, and I'm going to see how that does. I haven't added, I have not added one of those apps back. Now, uh, I still will get news. Um, I can get through Twitter, and I still, go, still do go to news sites. But what I did is I removed the, the tools that I had that was creating this compulsory uh, media consumption. So uh, I, I would just challenge you to do some stoical experiments like that. doesn't mean you have to get rid of them uh, for the rest of your life. Um, bring them back in, um, like Josh was saying, and, and, and curate a, a very well-curated news feed. But even, even then, like you, let, me ask, let me ask you something, because this is the question that Josh asked me. I'm just interested to hear your answer. When is the last time you read something on the news and you were so glad that you read it at that moment and, and, and thank God, goodness you didn't find out about it a day or two later. I mean, I, I can't think of anything and that's o- And that's okay. Um, and that's the question Josh asked me. And that's the answer I had. <laughs> I was, and that's, that's when I was like, I got to do something. And that's why right then and there I deleted all, all the news apps off of my phone. Because I realized like, something I thought was so important it really actually isn't that important. Now, there are certainly some things in the media that we all need to know about. But we don't always have to be checking the media every, every five seconds. The other thing that helps me, too, is I plan. I plan a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of the consumption that I have, or media consumption that I have specifically. So not just news outlets, but whether it's a movie or whether it's like... I, it, Josh makes fun of me so much for this, but like, I love freaking NFL football. I just love it. So like, I will totally go out of my way and like, watch a couple NFL games on Sundays or something. But like, this is something that Mariah and I can do together. Like, it, we can uh, at least create some type of experience around it. Uh, we don't just you know, um, drool on ourselves all day long, every single day, uh, sitting in front of the TV. We have to act, you know, actually be active and go out and find uh, some, some media entertainment a lot of the times. Um, I, I do have a TV. I, I bring it out when I need to, but I don't have cable on it because, like, being on tour and being in hotels, man, like, if I turn that TV on, it's, it's really hard for me to, like, turn it back off. So try some stoical experiments and, and just be more deliberate with your time. Schedule that time, and, uh, yeah, you can certainly get a hold of that. Yeah, it's funny, Ryan. You, you, were, you were talking about um, when, when was the last time that you you got some news and you're like, man, I, I needed this news right now. And, and in fact, when you say something out loud like that, you realize how ridiculous it is. Like, I needed to read this tweet right now. And, um, but I would actually also say the opposite is true. Like, there are sometimes I'll get the news and I'm like, man, I really wish I wouldn't have gotten this news right now. I, I can think back, we were in Houston a few weeks ago. We were doing a charity event down there for the, the flood victims. And the day we're in Houston... There's the largest mass shooting in Texas history in Sutherland Springs, which wasn't too far from where we were the previous day. And it just screwed up my whole night. And like, I remember like my performance being subpar that night, like, cause it was just, it was just weighing on me. Like, you know, how, how do we, how do we have to keep dealing with, with this? And, and there, there was nothing I could do in that moment to fix 
the, you know, to, to take that news and do something productive with it. And so, so the other thing that I like to ask myself is, is this productive or is this useful? And, is, and then if it is, and, and quite often you might say, yes, this is useful. Then the next question is, is this the most useful, uh, is this the most useful way to use my time right now? And it may, not, it may not be. It may be that, you know what, maybe I, I would have been much better off waiting until, you know, I read this in the paper two days from now when a lot of the details are sorted out and I don't have all these questions sort of swirling through my head. Thank you very much. Thank you Thanks, very Sam. much. Thanks for making the drive. Have a safe trip. Bye. We're on the road for 50 cities in, in one year, and um, we have a, a tour bus driver, a, a tour planner, a, um, a podcast producer with us, a uh, editor, and um, um, occasionally that same guy who does all of those things. Um, he, he uh, well, actually, not just occasionally, all the time. He's a really outstanding guy. And uh, he's hiding somewhere back there in the shadows. Ladies and gentlemen, podcast, Sean. Yeah. He is the man behind the minimalism. And... Um, Man, I want to thank uh, this theater for having us here tonight. What a, holy moly, what a great place. Can we give them a round of applause too? And if you all leave here tonight with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things. Because the opposite never works. Thank you so much, Tampa. Thank you. Just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for And you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it so take your eyes